Good morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Alexander, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between the two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go and give us a call? 499-9526 will get you right up to the top of the list. That's right, and right now is the perfect time to call. Oh, it is. Always at the beginning of the show is the best time to call in because towards the end, we generally get a lot more of our calls, and a lot of times we have to get out of here and just don't have time to address all our callers. Correct. So should you happen to maybe think of something at the end of the hour or right. maybe just miss us all together, you can go to the website and get your questions answered that way. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> What's that URL? That is www.agcoauto.com. That is A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Right. Easy way to remember that. Acronym, Altazan's Garage Company. Right. There's a contact bar on every page. You can send Lewis an email any time of the day or night, and he'll get it back to you within 24 hours using the form on the site. That's right. Be sure you go to the form on the site because if you reply to an old email, I'm not going to get it. It's just going to bounce it back to you. We had to institute that program because we were getting so much spam. And when I go to my inbox and I got a thousand emails, it's just no way I can. Yeah, I just can't answer them all. So what it does is that it attaches a little code, and when it comes from that site, it'll go straight to me. If not, it just bounces it back to whoever sent it. Uh And within 24 hours, you're going to get an answer. Normally, a lot quicker than that because I spend a good piece of my day actually sitting at the computer. And if I'm at the computer, I check my email pretty frequently. So a lot of times within an hour or two, you're going to get an answer back. Right. Can't guarantee you that. If I'm on vacation laying on the beach somewhere, <laughs> I'm not going to run in there and check every hour. I'll guarantee you. But just send that to me and I'll get an answer back to you. Of course, while you're on that site, lots and lots of other great things you can do. One thing is the detailed topics. That's a lot of information on a specific topic. I put one on there this morning on anti-lock brakes, and that's one of those things that even though they've been out for years and years and years, right. they're very, very much misunderstood. They are. And so I put a lot more detail. I'd actually written an article earlier on them, but it was just sort of a little cursory how they work and what they do and what they don't do sort mm-hmm. of thing. This is a much more technical piece in that it's going to be two parts. The first part gets into the wheel speed sensors, which is by far the most problematic part of the system. Right, and they are going through an evolution right now. So They are. The older cars used a sensor known as a passive-type system, which was a glorified little AC generator at each wheel that produced a sine wave that was read by the computer. The newer stuff is going to an active-type system, which is more of a Hall Effects-type sensor, which sends a square wave, Uh which has the advantage of being able to be read down to a much lower speed. It can also determine direction so that when the car is backing, it can tell what's going on, which enables things like line lock, where... The car can apply the brakes when you're sitting on a on the incline. incline with a clutch in. That sort of thing will be possible with the new sensors that they're using. So real good information on that. Part two is going to go into the modulator and the valves and how all that works. Which is going to come on next Saturday morning. That will morning. come on next Saturday morning. It will actually show you how the valves are operated by solenoids, how they direct the fluid flow, what occurs when you go to an anti-lock stop. And this is the type of information you can use to diagnose a problem should you have one. Sure, and even just read it and get some more understanding of it in case you have to take your vehicle in to have this repair done. That's right. Now you know basically what the guy is talking about. Exactly. So you can tell if he's telling you straight or not. You can tell who knows what they're talking about, who doesn't, because right. you're going to probably know as much as he does, <laughs> <laughs> or, at least, or at least close to as much. But that's one of the things on there. Tons of other things. Now, one of the things I urge people to do when you go to the site is to go ahead and register, because that gives you other abilities on the site that 
just regular guests don't have. Right. That just proves that you are a human right. with an address. That's right. All that registration is, is you go in and you just give it your email address and you make up a username. It will send an email to that email address and you just click the button to say, yes, I received this. And what that means is that a human being is sitting there and they do have an email address. So it's not like a spam bot just going out there throwing stuff out. Right. You can even register now using your Facebook login, your Google login, your Yahoo login, your Windows Live login, or an AOL login. So you don't even have to create a new login. You can just go in, click on any of those icons, it'll automatically register on our site. That's great. All that's up and running. Yeah, you don't even have to make up a password or anything. You just use the one you've already got. You just click on that little icon, it'll automatically log into our site, which makes it even easier than it was before. Not that it could get too much easier. But once you log in, you're going to have a lot of additional abilities. For instance, you can use our reminder system uh-huh. where you can send a reminder to yourself. Let's say you want a reminder every three months to change your oil or every six months to rotate your tires or once a year to get a general inspection on your car. You can type in whatever you want, tell it when you want to receive it. It'll either email or text it to you on that date. Uh-huh. And you can have it where it does it every year or one year or every week for two weeks. I mean, pretty much any way you want to format it. it. Very, very, very simple to do. That's one of the things. Another thing is that at the bottom of our detailed topics, you'll notice there's a comment section down there Uh where you can actually add comments to our detailed topics. If there's something that you see that you like or you don't like, if you're a registered user, you can just click the little comment button, go in and post a comment. That's great. That way everybody can see it and you can share your information that you may have there you go so tons and tons of things do why don't you pop on there see what you think www.agcoauto.com we'd really like to see you use it and we're going our phone lines with chris good morning chris good morning how y'all doing doing great sir good morning doing fine i've had good service job before i have a question that i'm not sure of i helped a gentleman out battery was dead i jumped him off Mm -hmm. i hooked his cables up he went to hook mine up and he hooked them up crossway oh god yeah it only lasts for a second. But yeah, but you know, Chris, we, we say it lasts for a second. Yeah, Electricity is traveling 186,000 miles a second, so <laughs> a second is a long, long, long time. <laughs> it can go 186,000 miles. So yeah, there, there is no brevity that's involved. If it's touched at all, it's going to do a tremendous amount of damage. Hopefully, Chris, there are some fuses that try to protect the system. It could have blown one of those fuses if you're lucky. If not, it can very, very easily, any computer drivers that are in use at the time that it occurs are going to be destroyed if it gets past the fuse. Mm. So what we have to do is just go in, retrieve the code. The car still runs, starts, and everything? Yeah, everything starts, charging the system works on it. Chris, what we need to do is go in, retrieve that code, and see what circuit is affected, and then just go in and check. I would look in the fuse box. What kind of car is it, Chris? It's the 06 Chevrolet Trailblazer. Okay, well, go to your fuse center, and they're going to be the one under the hood, not the one under the dash. There are going to be some great big fuses in there, like 100 amp and such as that. Check every one of those and see if one of those is blown. Okay. Because hopefully, if it catches it right, it will blow one of those big maxi fuses, and it's going to shut that particular system down. If not, we just have to see what circuit was affected. It just depends on what was operating at the time and all of that stuff has something operating at any given time even when the key is off the vehicle was running at the time yeah it just depends on what drivers were in use at the second that that electricity hit reverse flow is just going to wipe out anything that it goes through so hopefully if everything's running and you just got to check engine light maybe it just knocked one of the drivers to one of the sensors out or something and it won't be that difficult to fix but yeah, I'll get it into y'all and let y'all look at yeah, it. Yes, sir. I can retrieve the code and tell you. And in the meantime, check all those big fuses and just make sure it didn't pop one of the big ones. 
Okay. All righty. Appreciate it. Okay, All Chris. Right, thanks, man. All right. Bye-bye. 499-9526, the number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Iron, you put a 225 in front of that, you can call us from anywhere in the continental United States. And that's right. And possibly we're, even further. Possibly. <laughs> we're giving I, away our free Agco t-shirt oh, for the farthest caller today. You betcha. The person who calls in the furthest distance will get a free Agco t-shirt. Now, which t-shirt is that since we have two? Well, there are two different designs, right. and I'm glad you mentioned that. We have the classic Agco t-shirt. Right, which, which is a tan one with Right, brown and then emblem. we've got the current Agco t-shirt, which is the white one with the red and black uh-huh. logo. So I guess we may even let the caller specify today. Really? Yeah. Well, she ever one they would prefer to have. You're in a generous mood <laughs> oh, this morning. I am. I am, man. I tell you, I just <laughs> had a good night's sleep. I'm sliding in Grease Groove this morning. <laughs> just give us a call. It's 499-9526. And be sure you tell the producer your size preference. And if you don't mind, give me an email address so I can confirm to you that it is on the way. That goes to USPS. So. Right. And that way, if there is a problem with the address yes the mailing can, address we can contact you that's right i can actually type that email address into the usps form and what it does it will send email when it's on its way and you can track it if you want to that's great so yeah, it just makes it a little bit easier hey we're gonna take a quick little break but we'll be right back with more of the automotive hour travel my way take the highway that's the best Okay, look, you've been at the Red Box for 10 minutes and you've got about 30 movies. Yeah, you roll in here with that car with the brakes screeching and the bald tires, and then you ask to cut in line because you're in a hurry. Look, it is 2012, and according to the Mayan calendar, the world ends on December 21st. So I'm trying to watch all the movies I can before then. So no car repairs either, right? Who's got time for that? Unless you believe the world will end this year, car maintenance and repair is not something to put off. Come to Agco Auto. Automotive and let us show you how we can keep your car in tip-top shape and operating at the lowest overall cost. So, no car maintenance? All movies till December 21st? Yep. I'm stocking up on all the classics, too. Gone with the Wind, Citizen Kane, Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Squeakwool. <laughs> I, I knew he was crazy. Yep. Want to learn more about why Agco is the place to go? Visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O dot Hey, welcome back. If you just join us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alpazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between tools, try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Why don't you go give us a call? It's 499-9526. And we're going back to the phone lines with John. Good morning, John. Good morning, Louis. How y'all doing this morning? Doing great, doing sir. Great. Got a question for you. You've worked on it several times. Okay. I've got a 2001 Dodge Ram. Okay. The AC started not cooling real well. So okay. So uh, had a friend of mine that checked it. He's a mm-hmm. mechanic. Yes, sir. And he said it's leaking where you put the Freon in on the high-pressure side. That's pretty common, John. Uh-huh. Okay. And real easy to fix. Okay. Can you just change that fitting, or yes. do you have to change the whole line? No, no. You can change just a little straighter fitting. Now, you will have to evacuate the system before you do, because when you take it out, obviously, it's gonna all the oil in the refrigerant is going to blow everywhere. You yes, have to sir, evacuate I, I the system. The mm-hmm. local dealership, and mm-hmm. they told me they only sold the whole line. I keep those in stock. Man, we've got an assortment of them. We change them all the time. Okay. It's just a little straighter, almost like a tire valve. It's just a little bit different size. But, yeah, we got them for all different kind of cars. Just okay, vacuum thanks. it out, change it, and charge it back up. Sounds good. I'll be making an appointment. Okay, John. Thank you, Thanks, Lewis. man. Yes, sir. Mm, bye-bye. Bye. 499-9526 number. If you want to be part of the automotive aisle, we would love to have you. That's a very common leak spot 
on air conditioners or those little charge ports. Right. And a lot of times those get overlooked because many times when you have the car in the shop, the first thing they do is take those caps off and screw a set of gauges onto the cap to check the pressure in the system. Correct. Well, while the gauge is on there, it's not leaking because it's sealed to the gauge. Uh huh. And they check the whole system over Can't and say, well, anything. we don't find a leak. Then they put it back together, put the cap on, give it back to you, and it starts leaking again. Right. And it's a little charge port is leaking. We change those very, very, very frequently. In fact, on some vehicles like your General Motors products, we almost change those every single time we open the system. Because just of because the high failure rate. They're very inexpensive, probably 4 or $5, and they fail an awful lot. In fact, just accessing the system with the gauge, pushing them down and opening them, uh-huh. many times result in them leaking. Right. That is a part that is actually designed to come out because it is threaded. Right. Like Lewis was saying, it looks almost like a tire straighter valve. Right. But it's a different material, and it's made a little different size. Right. So you can't interchange the two because right. a regular tire straighter valve will not hold a pressure that the air conditioner straighter valve well, will Well, yeah, it has to hold about 300 pounds of pressure. A tire right. is designed to hold about 50, 50 or 60 pounds. Correct. And there are different configurations depending on the type of refrigerant in the system for instance 134a is going to be one shape and type uh-huh. and r12 would be a different shape and type and so when, you can't cross them up when the new stuff i think it's yf1234 comes out it'll be a different shape and type just to keep you from cross the systems up charging right. the wrong thing into the wrong system and the high side and low side are also different right that way you can't help put prevent the people on putting the, the gauges on wrong that's our thing so they've kind of tried to foolproof it as best they could but yeah those do leak an awful lot now that may not be available from a dealership i'm just not sure but they are certainly available on the market so Uh that's one of the things to check for and that's what i've always kind of called a a logic flaw and logic flaws can really really cost you a lot of money because it's not thinking in a proper way Uh for instance you go in to check the air conditioner with the gauges on it you do not find a leak so you say, well, there is no leak. But what you don't realize is that you have made a basic change. You've taken the cap off and you've put in a gauge on. So something has changed. Correct. So what you really know is that there are no leaks other than where your hose is attached. <laughs> right. But you don't necessarily think of that. And it's so silly when you see it in that light. But when you're in the experience, I guess it's more difficult to see. I know we had a lady who came in one time and she said she was told that she needed a new engine in her car. Okay. And I asked why, and they said, well, because it keeps overheating and they can't find a leak, so it must be either a cracked head or a blown head gasket, and the car wasn't worth that much repair, which kind of sort of makes some sense maybe, except that what we found was the radiator cap was bad. Uh And what the mechanic was doing is he took the radiator cap off, he put his pressure tester on, pumped the system up, well, there was no leaks that he could find. Right. So because he could find no leak, he assumed it must be a leak I can't find, which would be the head gasket or a cracked head. And he professed that that was a problem without looking just a bit deeper or questioning his methods. And again, just a logic flaw. Right. It's easy, easy to do. And that's why, as a general rule, older mechanics make less of those just because they have more experience. A younger mechanic is more prone to doing that. I'm not saying necessarily any one given young mechanic would be more prone than any one given older mechanic. But sure. as a general rule, the more life experience you have, the less likely you are to make those type of mistakes simply because you made them already. Right. You've already learned You've from already them. learned that. And another classic example that I had, a guy called me once many years ago with a brake problem where he was eating up the front brake pads very rapidly. Uh-huh. 
And he said he had changed the calipers, he had changed the mass of cylinder, he had changed this, that, and the other. And I said, well, how are the rear brakes doing? Well, they're fine. They look like brand new. Well, they look like new because they're not working. Exactly. Oh, you think? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and The front's doing all the stopping. Yeah, the front's doing all the stopping, so it's wearing it out. And he was tearing the front up looking for a problem that actually existed in the rear. Correct. Never made the connection that because the rears weren't wearing, they weren't working. Right. And the front was doing all the stopping, so he was looking at the symptom of the worn front brake pad, so he kept going to that. He spent literally $1,000 on stuff he didn't need whereas the problem was actually in the rear. Uh-huh. Another example might be on a brake pull where you hit the brakes and the car dodges into the other lane. Let's say it pulls to the left. Well, some people would say, well, let's look at the left side of the car and see what's wrong. Because it's grabbing and pulling that way. Right. Actually, the problem Lies is very on likely the- on the other side is not working, so the wheel that's braking is going to pull you that way. Exactly. So we and see that quite frequently. There you go. That comes from experience. Yeah, it's, it's just a logic flaw where you're not thinking through all the possibilities. And you can easily make a mistake that can cost a whole lot of money, especially today because parts are so, so expensive. Well, you get off on a tangent and start swapping parts out. Well, money and time. Yeah, and time to time. do it. Well, you can eat up some time. Oh, yeah. And that's where do-it-yourselfers are really, really behind the eight ball on that kind of stuff because they don't have all those experiences. Right. Most folks, even an active do-it-yourselfer, may fix his car two or three times a year. Uh And that's just not a whole lot of experience. And when you get something like that, it can really, really cost you a bunch. I remember back not very long ago, we had a guy come in, the classic example of the brake pull. Car was pulling to the left, and he had changed the caliper, the rotor, the pads, all that sort of thing on the left-hand side. Uh Uh-huh car was still pulling he just couldn't figure it out and he was thinking of changing the master cylinder and i said well hold up now the master cylinder applies both front wheels equally correct so if the brake pull it would not be on one side he said well i hadn't thought of that and it was just a lack of experience it's not Uh that the guy's not smart he's a very smart guy he just didn't think in those terms so i said did you try changing the brake hose on the right side he said why the right side i said well if the brake hose on the right side restricted the left brake's going to grab the right's not it's going to pull left on braking correct so change that one, fix the problem, but just goes to show you the difference between having been there a number of times and not. Another thing with that is like a misfire. Sometimes you'll see a misfire on a certain cylinder, and if that particular vehicle has a common call pack, what can happen is that the previous cylinder may be the one that is actually with the problem. Let's say we've got a call pack that houses six calls. Correct. And number eight cylinder has something wrong with the call and misfires, it will expend all of the energy. And so number one cylinder will misfire. Right. Because the call cannot regenerate fast enough to fire number one cylinder. So you're changing everything out on cylinder number one. When cylinder eight is the problem. Number cylinder eight call is the problem. Right. And so those are the sorts of things that really, really can get you in trouble and And, cost you a ton of money. And that's where it pays to get a professional diagnosis. The guy working in your car has been there already. Mm -hmm. He's seen this. That's right. And especially if it's a common failure on Mm -hmm. a certain type of vehicle, he knows what to go to. He can save you time. He can save you money, even if you want to change the parts yourself. Absolutely. One of the best things you can do is to form a relationship with a good diagnostic shop if you are a do-it-yourselfer. Uh-huh. And the things you can do yourself, by all means, do yourself because it is going to save you money. No question about that. And also, I feel there's a certain satisfaction doing things yourself. There are certain things that I like to do myself, and I just do them even though I can afford to pay someone else. There's some things you pay somebody to do. Well, that's right. Kind of like painting? Well, (laughs) I pay people to paint, but I do cut my own grass. There you go. (laughs) I just enjoy doing it. But 
if you have a relationship like that with someone, then when you do get stumped, and you, rather than start throwing parts at it, you can either bring the vehicle to them or at very least contact them. That's one reason that the website is so good. You can send an email and at least get a little bit of direction on Correct. something before you jump off just swapping parts out for something that really right. is illogical to you because you don't understand how it works. And especially the quality of parts nowadays, or you can create more problems than you're going to fix. That's very, very true. And what happens so often is that you actually fixed the problem, or at least you found the original problem, but the part you put on was defective. Right. So the problem continued. So what can happen, again, a logic flaw, you assume, but, well, it can't be the same thing. The new part is yeah. not necessarily good. Well, I remember when I took some diagnostic training many, many years ago, one of the first things the instructor told us is never assume a new part is a known good part. Correct. Just not necessarily so. You have to have a known good part, not just a new part. You may put a new part on. It could be defective as well, so the problem is not resolved. So then you go off looking at other things, which you really aren't. I know we've had folks come in many, many times with some problem where they've spent a great deal of money, and you check the car and tell them, well, such and such is bad. Oh, no, it's new. Right. Well, I'm telling you, it's, <laughs> it's bad. bad. <laughs> and they had no way to check that. Correct. So what they did is they went out and spent a whole whole mu- bunch of money on other things they didn't need. Assuming the new part was good. So right. So they kept going down the road trying to find out what was going on. Well, and if that's the only diagnostic procedure you have is changing the part, then you can easily do that. A much sounder method in parts where you can do this is to actually swap the part from one cylinder to another right. and see if something changes. For instance, instead of just going in and changing all the spark plugs, take the plug on the misfiring cylinder and move it to a different cylinder and see if the misfire moves. Now, if the misfire moves, then you know the plug's bad. Right, but if, if it, it doesn't... Yeah, then that's not it. Then you got to go to the next Take component. the plug wire or the coil, move it to the next cylinder and right. see if the misfire moves. But there again, you still have to have some way to read the code and check what you're doing. Right, to realize if it has moved or not. Right. Because a misfire is a misfire, whether it's on cylinder it one or cylinder don't five. Care. Same thing with fuel injectors and so many other parts. You can actually just move them side to side far, far better than just going buy new ones. Oh, definitely. Because if you go and you buy a new one and you happen to get a defective one and you swap it and it's still missing, you're going to assume that that wasn't it. So you're going to keep going, changing parts that don't need to be changed, <laughs> spending money you don't need to spend. Well, that's right. So I guess the point of the whole discussion is just you can't always trust your logic. You have to back up sometimes and get a fresh perspective. And that way you can avoid making a whole whole bunch of big, big mistakes, which are always very expensive. Most definitely. And we're going to take one more quick little break, and we'll be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. Clint, what's with the huge crate? My 120-inch Platinum 3D TV. Splurging, huh? I'm putting it all on the credit card, and since the Mayan calendar predicts the world ending December 21st, I'll never have to pay it back. That would explain the giraffe and elephant in your backyard. Have you thought about fixing your car, buddy? Your old one is in pretty bad shape. Leaking oil, screeching brakes. My car can make it to December. Plus, I need money to complete my set of life-size Star Wars action figures. Yoda is an expensive one, he is. Unless you believe the world will end this year, car maintenance and repair is not something to put off. Come to Agco Automotive and let us show you how we can keep your car in tip-top shape and operating at the lowest overall cost. You know, if your car won't run, you can always ride your elephant. Great idea. Let me Google elephant license. Uh, okay, you know I was joking, right? Want to learn more about why AGCO is the place to go? Visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O dot 
loud noise of the river to ride. Don't mind it, cause the man with the whiskers has a lot behind Hey, welcome back. If you just join us, it's the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, why don't you go give us calls? 499-9526. Of course, area code 225 in front of that. We'll get you to us from anywhere in the continental United States. That is correct. Just go ahead and give us a call. Again, the caller from the furthest distance will get a free Agco t-shirt sent to him. So of your choice? Of your choice. Hot dog. This week on. <laughs> this week <laughs> if, Unless you want to hear me and Brian sitting here talk to each other for the rest of the hour, we can do it. But, oh, uh, yeah. Just, just, just soon not. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking during the break about all the rain we've had. And, of course, a lot of folks around the United States are having a drought right now. But, man, right. we have just been having a ton of rain. This oh, area. yeah. And it's coming all at one time. Oh, yeah. Five, four. Three inches of rain in an hour. I heard the other day, yeah, f- up to five inches of rain in an hour. Yeah, somewhere which, in Livingston. Yeah, it really gives you a ton of flooding and, and roads that are full of water. Right, boy, it goes under quick with that kind of downpour. Oh, yeah, I saw a puddle the other day with, with about three cars sitting in it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's more than a puddle. <laughs> yeah, man, that's what you call a big, big puddle. That's it. I see all our lines lighting up now. We've got Ray online. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Lewis. How are you this morning? Doing great, sir. Good morning. I got a 2002 Grand Cherokee Jeep. And got a peculiar situation. If I have the air conditioning running and I turn the windshield washers on, uh-huh. I get a real musty smell in the car. And now yesterday we went to New Orleans and back, and I had a lot of water come in the car down into that area. Mm-hmm. I know that there's an air intake for the air conditioning there the is. heater. Right. Does it also maybe have a drain that could be plugged up? Well, yes, it does. But the thing that gets me a little bit, Ray, is why does it only occur when you put the windshield washers on? Yep. What occurs to me there, Ray, there are some rubber hoses that run up to the hood, and they are routed on top of that cow. And if one of those hoses is leaking, what you may be doing is actually pumping that water down either into the cow over on top of the motor somewhere where it's hitting an exhaust manifold and evaporating and making that musty smell, which is sucked in through the cow. Right, right. So I would assume that that is the only way that it would only occur when you use the windshield washers. Do the washers still seem to squirt pretty well? Yeah, they squirt pretty well. And again, like I said yesterday, we had a, and we must have had a cup of water come in the passenger side, right in the in the vicinity of where the air conditioning unit sets. Yeah, I'd see that. That could be two separate problems, right? Did the water that came in the other day did that was that without using the windshield washers or that? Yes, yes, that yeah. happens without using the windshield. See, washers. that's probably two separate problems. I think the the issue when you're pushing the washers and you're getting the smell, that's got to be something spraying out of that washer bottle, one of the hoses busted or something like that. All right. Now the water coming into the vehicle on a Jeep Cherokee is almost always one of two things. Either the cow, which is the area under the base of the windshield where that grill is, is full of leaves and and it's plugged up little drains and it's overflowing into the car, or it could be the evaporator cases leaking on the floor. They're both pretty common on that vehicle. Okay. What you can notice, Ray, if you can bear to go without air conditioning for a little while, two or three days, and see if the water dries up, then you'll know that's it. Or if it only seems to happen when you have a rain, it's more likely the cow vents are plugged up. Yep, that's what I thought. It only happens when it rains. Yeah, go out, raise the hood, take the windshield wipers off, see if you can get that cover off, and right. see if it's not a bunch of leaves down in there. The drain, if, the drains are going to be off either side, yeah, closest way, to the fenders. Way off by the fenders. Right. You have to dig your hand up there and kind of get them out, clear them, and then take a hose or something and wash through there until it runs out under the car. All right, Mike. Thank you, guys. I okay. appreciate it. I knew you could help. Hey, go, Ray. Right, Thanks sir. a lot, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526 is the number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we would love to have you. And we're going back to our lines with George. Good morning, George. Good morning. Good morning, you sir. two air conditioning questions in a row, I guess. Yeah, that's good. Can you all talk a little bit about maintenance or air conditioning? I have a, 
2007 Mercury Grand Marquis, okay. and it has not been serviced. I don't know if air conditioning, if are there certain symptoms of certain things that are wrong with the air conditioner, like it's cooling, but it will slack off and then it'll cool, but come back on, but we have not had it serviced. And I well, don't George, know there, there is no periodic service on an air conditioner other than you can occasionally clean the condenser is a really good thing to do. You can check the tension and the condition of the belt, the drive belt, and you can check the efficiency by measuring the input and the output temperatures. Other than that, it's a sealed system and no service is required. And there's not something that just needs routine attention. Unless you have a problem. Unless you have a problem. Now, it sounds like you probably do have some particular problems there. The most important thing to remember, George, on modern air conditioning, there's a many, many things that can cause those kind of issues other than just the refrigerant system. For instance, okay, well, this will stop cooling for maybe 30 seconds, mm -hmm. and then you can feel the cooling come back. What brings that on? Is it like when you accelerate, or is it after you've driven a long distance? Is it the first thing in the morning? Actually, I haven't noticed that. You can just be driving along, and all of a sudden, you just feel the air conditioning stop. You Does it, it quits blowing, or it quits blowing cold? It quits blowing cold. Okay, but it's still well, blowing. No, well, fan, I believe, is still going. It's you can feel air cold. still coming out, but the air gets warm? Yes. Okay. Real important that you get that straight, George. If not, if you report the wrong thing to a shop or even to me, you can get the wrong answer. See, you've got the cooling side of the system is one thing, and then the blowing side is a whole different issue altogether. So if it is still blowing at the same intensity, nothing changes there except it starts to warm up, most likely the compressor is cycling off. And there's a number of reasons why a compressor can cycle off. The simplest thing would be that the system is slightly low on refrigerant and the cycle switch when it drops below a certain psi is going to cut that compressor off then the pressure will come back up then it'll turn it back on that, that sounds like the that's the simplest right thing well but not necessarily because it can also under certain conditions the evaporator core can freeze and now it's going to quit working when it freezes in a few seconds it'll fall out and then it'll start blowing again or the compressor clutch can be slightly slipping generate a lot of heat and disengage See, what we would need to do is to get you to try to figure out if there's any kind of flow to it. In other words, after I drive 20 minutes, this occurs. Or this always occurs, blah, 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 whatever it would be. So kind of keep a little mental note of when it's occurring, and that's okay. going to send you to the right area to start checking. Very easy to diagnose when it does it because all you have to do is go out to the AC compressor while it's not working, put a voltmeter on that lead. And if you can detect voltage there, then we know we're getting a signal and command to it, so we know the problem is inside the clutch itself. Doesn't mean the clutch is bad, but we know that's where the issue is, so we just have to solve that. Now, if there's no signal to the clutch, then it's a whole different issue, you see. Then we could go to the cycle switch, we could check that, we could check some different things, the relay. There's a lot of parts that can cause that. We just need to kind of catch it doing it. How often does it occur, George? It seems like it occurs more in the when the car is real hot and you you drive for a minute mm -hmm. and it'll go off but it and occurs it, like every day or every yeah, week or it's been occurring it it just started this summer mm -hmm. doing that it occurs every day george that'll be pretty easy to find and you know, the first thing i think i would do if i were working on a car is i would check the level of refrigerant in the system and that's a little bit different than it used to be it used to be you could stick some gauges on and say yeah it's lower no it's not but the modern cars like yours have a variable displacement compressor, so you can't do that any longer. What you have to do is actually evacuate the charge out and measure it, then compare it to what the factory says it's supposed to be in it and put the right amount back in. 
And if it is low, then you've got a leak somewhere, so you need to find the leak, which may be a very minor thing. Could be, like we were talking about earlier, a charge port or something leaking. Repair the leak, put the proper amount back in, problem solved. So it just really need to get it when it's doing it. And if you could kind of make a note of when it occurs, it's going to make it a lot faster to find. Will do. All righty. Look, thank you very much. Yes, sir, George. Thanks for calling. Oh, hey, y'all have a good day. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526, number you want to be part of the automotive. Right, that's a good question. It's a real good question. That happens a lot. Seems like more on Fords than anything else, or maybe it's just we work on a lot of Fords. We do. But just seems like we see that going to hot when blowing right. with those vehicles more. Let's go back to our phone lines with David. Good morning, David. Thanks for holding. Hey, good morning, Lewis. Uh, David, Honda uh, Passport. Yes, sir. How you doing? I'm doing great, sir. Look, I just want to let you know everything is great with the vehicles running good. All right. And just wanted to add to your listeners that talking about having a relationship with a reputable company. Mm-hmm. I want to read this to you. This is off of your invoice. Okay. We bought a brand new computer for this vehicle. Mm-hmm. Cannot be reprogrammed with available information and tooling. Honda no longer supports this unit. Programming not available. Implement best possible aftermarket workaround. Modify working harness to supply false input. Okay. Mm-hmm. You fixed it. You could, <laughs> easily, you could have easily told me to go away. I can't do anything with it. Oh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, I just wanted to let your listeners know that uh-huh. you went to the end part. Well, thank you. I mean, we bought a brand new computer. You could have easily said, well, here's your computer. I can't program it, but it's yours. Here's yeah. $1,100. Well, we wasn't going to do that. <laughs> so I just want to let these guys out there listening know that you are more than fair. Well, thank you. And I'll see you next time around. Okay, right, Dave. Appreciate you calling. Thank you much. Mm-hmm. Thank Bye-bye. You. 499-9526. number of you want to be part of the Automotive Hour. That's David. We had gotten a computer because the idle was no longer being controlled by the computer uh-huh. on his car. Honda sold me the computer and then said, well, we no longer supply the programming information for that vehicle. <laughs> okay. So, man, I spent, I don't know. Oh, hours. Hours and hours and hours trying right. to retrieve this information. It just couldn't be had. So, luckily, we figured out, Jeff figured out a way to actually work around it and put a false input that actually fixed the problem. Uh-huh. So, we got his money back on the computer, so he didn't have to pay for that, and we got the car fixed. So. Yeah. Thank goodness, boy. But I, that was that was a touchy situation. But got it. That's right. Just kind of way it goes sometimes. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna take a quick little break, and we'll be right back with more in the Automotive Hour. Hey, Clint, what's that? Take a look. It's my bucket list of things to do before the world ends. Okay. According to the Mayan calendar, the world goes kaput on December 21st, 2012. I got lots to do, neighbor. Uh, bog snorkeling? Punch a whale? Compete in the World Toe Wrestling Championship? I see Meet Julia Roberts is scratched off. Yeah, got her autograph, too. Really? Well, it's on the restraining order. Hey, shouldn't repair my car be on the list? What? Your, your brakes, they're constantly squealing, it shimmies and shakes and leaking oil all over I the think bu- I can make it to December. Unless you believe the world will end this year, car maintenance and repair is not something to put off. Come to Agco Automotive and let us show you how we can keep your car in tip-top shape and operating at the lowest overall cost. Hey, um, isn't this one here illegal? Not in Tijuana, my friend. Want to learn more about why Agco is the place to go? Visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com.
Hey, welcome back. If you just join us, the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, president of Agco Automotive. Got my co-pilot, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Each week, two of us will try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go and give us a call? And we're going to our phone lines. Warren, good morning, Warren. Well, good morning. Appreciate you guys taking my call. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Listen, I have a 2000 Ford Expedition, and I got two problems. Okay. The first one is my speedometer odometer. I got the digital readout. Yes, sir. And it goes off and on. It'll be on, and then it'll go yes, off. Yes, sir. It'll go in, and then it'll pop back on. Yes, sir. That's uh, fairly common what? on those. Okay. What's the problem with that? Most of the time, Warren, what we have found, we pull the instrument cluster out, and we resolder all of the solder joints on the back of it, and it fixes it. Apparently, okay. Ford had some problems. They use a machine called a wave solder machine to build those circuit boards. Uh -huh. And basically, it's what the name implies. The board goes in with all the little terminals sticking up, and a wave of solder washes across it and solders them all at one time. Okay. If they don't have the temperature exactly right or they don't have the mixture exactly right, it makes a brittle joint, which works for the warranty period. And then it gets a little crack in it, and it starts to send a minute dropping in and out. If you manually go in and resolder all the joints, a lot of times that will fix it. And I can't guarantee you for sure because you could have another problem, but that fixes an awful lot of them, Warren. We do that quite a bit. It takes about an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 20 minutes to do it, so it's not terribly expensive. Okay, so it's, but it's not a fire hazard or electrical hazard or anything like that? No, sir. It? it could actually get at some point where it may kick a check engine light on, but right. normally initially it doesn't do that. It just keeps dropping out and coming back. Yeah, all right. The second thing, real quickly, my car, if sometimes in the morning, I'd go out there, I'll start it, and it'll start up, and then it'll stall. It'll start up, and then it'll stall. It'll I'll start right back street, when it stalls? It starts right back, and it'll okay. do that, and if it doesn't do it every morning, and sometimes after I, when I get ready to leave from work, it'll mm -hmm. do the same thing. Yes, sir. It just stalls and stops. I mm -hmm. get to a stop sign, it'll stall. But it'll start right back up. I'll tell you what, next time it's doing that, Warren, kind of hold your foot on the accelerator and see if you can keep it running. Uh -huh. If you can keep it running by placing a little bit of pressure on the accelerator, then it's almost always going to be what they call the idle control servo. Okay. It's a little part on top of the throttle body, and it looks kind of like a little tube with two bolts holding it down and one wire plugging into it. That okay. is what the computer uses to actually idle the motor. And what okay. happens is that it gets old, it gets sticky, and at normal idle where it runs all the time, it can work okay. But okay. when the engine's cold, it has to idle a little faster. When okay. it gets into that range, it starts to stick. And when it sticks, it can't idle the engine up fast enough so it dies. And okay. the key is, if you can put your foot slightly on the accelerator that keeps on running, then that's almost always is a failure to idle. Now, if okay. you put your foot on the gas and it dies anyway, then that's going to be something else. We're looking at like a crank trigger or something like that that's dropping out. But okay. almost always, it's that idle control servo with those symptoms. And that's... Fairly easy to change, relatively inexpensive part. And okay. idle is idle control. Idle control servo. Say that last part. Servo, and some people call it a servo. Some people call it a valve. Some people okay. call it a motor. They call them all kind of things depending on what dealership you're dealing with. Okay. But okay. it's just a little valve that opens up and puts air into the throttle body, and when air gets in, the computer sees it's getting too lean, so it adds fuel, and when it adds fuel and air, the motor speeds up. Okay, great. And you guys do that, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, sir. Okay, we may bring it by to let you take a look at it for us. Sounds great. I appreciate it so okay, much. Okay, Warren, thanks, man. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. 499-9526 number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we would love to have you. And we're going back to our phone lines with Bruce. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Bruce. Uh, how's it going? Good. Doing great, sir. Just got a question for you. When are you going to get somebody back on the show uh, talking about the old cars? Because I'm <laughs> kind of still stuck back in the middle 80s. There you go. I'm actually working on that right now. In fact, it's funny that you ask. 
Harvey and I were talking the other day, and he came across a bunch of old Automotive Hour shows from about 10 years ago that he had recorded. And these are hitherto unknown programs. So I've got about a year's worth of those, which is about 50 shows. And I'm actually working on editing those right now. So what we're going to start doing is when we go on vacations and stuff like that, we can't do a live show. I'm going to rebroadcast some of those old 10-year-old shows from when Harvey and I were on the program. Well, I need them further back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I tell you what, I'm going to see if I can't get Mr. Bob McCarron on. We had him on about the old Fords a while back. I'm also going to see, this is actually the 100-year anniversary for Chevrolet. Uh I may see if I can get an old Chevrolet expert on and do a program on that. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. All right, thank you. All right, Mr. Bruce. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. 499-9526 is the number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, if you've got a question about a car or a comment or something you'd like to see on the Automotive Hour, why don't you go and give us a call? Still got plenty of time left. Sure, we'll discuss it. That's it. we discuss anything. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> a while back, we were talking about the Chevrolet brothers uh-huh. and so on and so forth, and I've done a bit more research in that. And the one that sort of intrigued me was Arthur Chevrolet, okay. who actually died in Slidell, Louisiana. Right, close to home. Yeah, so I went to the archives and pulled a copy of his death certificate because I just couldn't leave well enough really? alone. <laughs> Being a gearhead, I got all the details. Got to you know? know. Yeah, so I got to find out the address where he died. I'm going to have to go by there and see the place. Yeah. But yeah, he, fairly young fella, he and his wife were living in Slidell, and for some reason, he ended up, I guess, got depressed or whatever and ended up committing suicide. Really? And, yeah, it just sort of intrigued me how a fella gets to that. But all three of the Chevrolet brothers came from Switzerland to the United States and did very well initially. Right. Louis Chevrolet is a guy who actually started the company. He was a race car driver. They were all involved in racing in one shape or another or engineering. Uh-huh. And sort of a tragic thing, they ended up losing the company to Will Durant, the owner of General Motors, or they sold it to him, and ended up just different things. One of them, I think, was killed in a racing accident. Of course, Louis Chevrolet had to end up going back to work for Chevrolet as a line worker. Wow. How about Yeah, and then this poor guy ended up in Slidell, Louisiana, dying, so... Mm. I may try to put some more facts together and see if I can put an article together on That'd that. That'd be nice. Maybe get somebody on the show who knows a lot about it. And we'll there you go. Do a program on that. We're going back to our phone lines with Randy. Good morning, Randy. Good morning. Hey, Lewis. How y'all doing? Doing great, doing sir. Great. Yeah, I have a 2003 Acura mm-hmm. CL. Yes, sir. And the headlight, the right passenger side headlight, I, it won't work. I bought a, a new bulb to put into it, mm-hmm. to put in there, yes, and it still won't work. Yeah, most of the time, that's got those high-intensity headlights, Randy, blue right. ones. Yeah, there's a part behind that bulb. It's actually bolted to the bottom of the headlight housing. You yeah. have to take the headlight housing out, turn it over, open it up, and there's a module inside yeah. there. Yeah, they'll call it a module or, or they'll call it an amplifier or something like that. A transformer. Transformer. Right. And they, they are names. obscenely expensive. I mean, about 500 bucks a side, and those go out a lot. I know if you bought the bulb, you probably already know what those cost. Right, that's my bulb, yeah. You bought $100 bucks for a bulb, for a light bulb. Who'd ever thought, huh? Yeah, and you got to take the bumper off the car to get in there and change the blast. Right, the front cover has to come off. The the front cover is not that hard to get off. It's a bunch of push clips and a few bolts, Mm -hmm. but it's just the idea that the cover has to come off to take the headlights out. Kind of an aggravating thing. Yeah. Yeah, The bad news is if that transformer is the problem, which it probably is, Normally, when one's bad, the other one's not too far behind it. <laughs> is, is that, <laughs> just, is that, just, just really brighten your day up. <laughs> is 
is that called the inverter too? Could be. Could yeah, be, they call yeah. them a number of things. They may call it an inverter or converter or amplifier or transformer. I've heard them called all sorts of things. Okay. The important part is about a $500 part that makes the headlight work. <laughs> right, right, right. Just give me the old thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened to that $3 light bulb used to last life of the car, but they're all gone now. Yeah, right. Well, okay, then. Thank you all. Okay, all right, Randy. Sir. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. 499-9526 number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we still got a few minutes. And we've got Glenn's been patiently holding. Good morning, Glenn. Good morning. Good morning. Very quickly, an 06 Malibu have a clonking sound in the steering column. Yes, uh -huh. pretty common on that one. And I've read somewhere about the telescopic joint in a... Well, right. It's what they call the intermediate steering shaft. shaft. Right. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Could it be anything other than that? Almost never. Okay. I'm not saying it but could possibly. It could possibly be. I mean, there's any number of things could be wrong, but that is very, very common. Glenn, what you'll normally notice in my experience is at low speed, say you're in a parking lot and you're just kind of rolling along five miles an hour, you kind of cut the wheel a little bit, clunk, 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 that kind of a noise. Right, it's just a clunk. Yeah, that's right. it. That sounds like it. And there is an updated shaft available from GM that's supposed to fix the problem. So you would have to go in. It's kind of a bear to get out. You pull it out, that intermediate shaft, and that's going to fix your noise. Okay. For a while. For a while. <laughs> Until it comes back again. <laughs> they just inherit GM noise. Yeah. Okay. Is it a dangerous situation? No, sir. Not no, sir. at all. It's just strictly annoyance. Oh, okay. Ignoring. Yep. Annoying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and a big job or not? On that no. car, uh, on that car, it's fairly entailed. A couple because, hours. Yeah, it's it's a lot harder than a Chevy truck. Okay, but it's hard to get to. The, the car, is, everything's so compact under there, it's hard to get to. Probably a two-hour job. Right. And the shaft's probably $140, $150. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it just depends on how bad it aggravates you as to how much you want to spend <laughs> to fix it. <laughs> if your wife drives a car or not. Yeah. Yeah. If you do. drive it yourself, you can probably put up with it. If your wife's driving it, you'll be able to fix it. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. All right. All right Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, we are just about out of time. I want to go ahead and get on out here. Tell everybody how much we appreciate them listening this morning and every Saturday morning on the Automotive Hour. I'd like to thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week. And tell your friends, listen. Right, and if you don't mind, please go to iTunes and give us a rating. Boy, it really makes our day. We go ahead and see the ratings on there and helps our ratings so it moves us up and Maybe makes we'll us easier get, to maybe find. Maybe we'll get featured one of these days. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so leave us a rating, and if you can subscribe to us, that's even better. Yep. Preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.